Welcome to the Side Hustles of Small Business Podcast. I'm your host, Sanjay Pari. Today's episode originally aired in season one back in July of 2019 and featured Tijuana Kenny, the founder of Astounding Auctions. In a few weeks, we'll share a new episode with Tijuana where she and I talk about what's changed in the past three years, what she's learned, and what's next. For now, enjoy this encore airing of season one, episode five, Going Once, Going Twice, a fundraising auctioneer is born at a talent show. Side Hustle to Small Business is brought to you by Hiscox Insurance. Hiscox understands small business insurance isn't like other insurance. To learn more about how Hiscox Insurance can protect your business, go to Hiscox.com. Hiscox, encourage courage. I cannot explain to you the feeling you get when you're able to see that you've raised $250,000, a million dollars, right there on the spot to change or better the lives of people. It's phenomenal. It's amazing because it's so much less of yourself and so much more about what you're doing for others. Welcome to Side Hustle to Small Business. I'm Lou Casale. On this show, I talk with entrepreneurs who chased after a dream without any idea of how it would turn out. Let's face it, nothing great is achieved without risk. Do you have what it takes? Hi, everyone. We often talk about how it takes a lot of hard work to run your own business, but we often overlook how talent factors in. We all have a talent. There's something that you do well that just comes naturally to you, and you do it with little effort. I've known people who could build anything. The first time they picked up a saw, hammer, and nails, it was like, I could build a house. I've known people who are just naturally creative. You need a new logo or advertisement? Here are five options. I've known a few people who could literally do the numbers in their head. Of course, I wouldn't bet my tax return on it, but I think you get the point. And where there is a talent, there could be a business. And yes, people start businesses every day to put their talent to work. Today, you'll meet Tawana Kenny, founder of Astounding Auctions and Fundraising Strategies, I talk with Tawana about how she discovered and developed her talent, how she turned it into a business, and how she is inspiring change in her industry. Tawana, welcome to Side Hustle to Small Business. Hi, Lou. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Well, it's great to have you on the show. You know, your entrepreneurial story is the kind of story that always fascinates me because it wasn't planned. It literally found you. But when it did, you definitely took it from there. But before we talk about that... Why don't we take a moment to talk about your upbringing? You grew up in a military family and you've lived around the world. As you were growing up, how did that experience impact your thoughts and plans for the future? One of the biggest things that came from growing up in a military family was the desire to help people. We lived in Germany when the Berlin Wall came down and it was such an emotional moment that I didn't even quite understand because I was a young child. But I remember the smiles and the tears and just this overwhelming sense of emotion when these families were joined back together and being there. And I was just like, there's something happening and what is this feeling and what is going on? And so I started to look up and see what was happening and why people were so overjoyed and what caused them to be separated. And I realized in that moment, as I was looking up the history and the background, how much people truly have in common that we don't recognize all the time. From that point forward, I said, you know what? I want to help people. And I would say I was about, at that time, 
I was in my early teens. See, I'll be dating myself if I tell you too much. Then that started my journey towards philanthropy and volunteerism and wanting to help other people, seeing those moments. Looking back at your early career, what kind of work were you doing before you started your own business? Well, I also joined the Army Reserve myself while I was in college, but I was a lifetime banker before that. So I started working in the financial industry when I was 17. And after I got off of active duty, I was still in the financial industry. And I finally left the financial industry in 2018. So my background is all banking, tax preparation, commercial, business lending, things like that. So let's jump to 2013. You were part of an organization in Austin, Texas. They were having their annual talent show. I think it's fair to say you're the one that surprised everyone that night with your performance. And this is the night that changed the course of your career, that started to move you out of financial services and into a completely different direction. What happened that night? Well, we were finishing up our last meeting with Leadership Austin. It's our nine-month program. And They had a talent show, just like you said. And I was like, guys, I don't have a talent to show anyone, but I do talk fast. So what if I get up there and pretend to be an auctioneer? And everyone was like, you should so do it. You do talk fast. And so I did. One of my classmates made an origami ball. So I stood up and sold her origami ball and someone actually gave us the money for it. And then a few more of my classmates, they didn't have talents, but they said, hey, I have a pool at my house and you can come use that pool and TK, you can come sell it. So we had this impromptu auction that people started donating items to and people actually paid the money and we ended up raising money for the scholarship program for Leadership Austin. I was completely shocked, one, that people actually paid money and then two, that people were actually bidding because I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) And... At the end of the night, we raised $8,000 on the spot without any planning. So one of my classmates said, you should come do our auction for us. And I said, I should not because I don't know what I'm doing. But long story short, I ended up doing that auction for her. And it was about a year later. And it was incredible. The energy that was brought from the audience, the amount of money we were able to raise to make an impact in the lives of women that were seeking shelter away from their families because they were in domestic violence situations. It was just gave me complete chills. And I had to see if this was something I could do every single day. So what was the next step? Did you have to go out and get any formal training? Yes. And so who would have thought to be an auctioneer, you don't just have to talk fast, but I had to go to an actual auction school where they teach you how to be a fast talker and the ins and out of the businesses, the business industry itself. So one of the things that I never took into account was that as an auctioneer, there's nothing that says, I only want to sell this. I had to learn how to sell uh, livestock. I had to learn the rules and regulations around selling taxidermy items vehicles, heavy equipment, mobile homes, just a plethora of information that I never would have thought about initially. So the class was quite overwhelming because all I wanted to do was help nonprofits. So it was super amazing though. And the class is 80 hours. So 10, eight hour days. And then you have to take a state examination. And if you don't pass, you only get to take it one more time before you have to wait a year. Luckily, I passed on that first go round, and here I am today. So at some point you complete your training and you're working full-time in financial services, and then you start being an auctioneer as a side hustle. What were the early challenges in doing that? And what was it like trying to manage all that at the same time? I did not know what I did not know. I'm not a person who started out saying I wanted to own a business. I was perfectly 100% okay 
working in financial services. I made a decent living. My income was great. I had no needs. I never thought about doing something that just brought me 100% joy. So the foundation of entrepreneurial mindsets, I did not have that. And I didn't necessarily have that network either. So I was out, you know, paddling a boat, but not going anywhere just because of the fact that I didn't know what I needed to do. I knew I needed a website. So I built a website. I put a whole lot of words on this website because I didn't know exactly what should be there because I didn't quite understand what I was doing myself. Then I said, how do I advertise? And then I had that challenge also of saying, do I really know what I'm doing to advertise in and of itself? So I didn't want to advertise because I didn't know if I had a profitable business itself. And so I did stay pretty stagnant and moved by word of mouth. I didn't know how to price my services. I didn't have that confidence in saying that this is something that can actually be financially viable. So as I found myself becoming stagnant, I reached out to a few other auctioneers, just looked them up online and invited them out to lunch just to get a better idea of, you know, one, confidently believing that this is something that I could do. And two, that it was something that it was worth investing in because I wasn't sure. I just knew I liked it. What was your aha moment? There must've been a moment when you said, you know what, I'm ready to take this show on the road. What was your aha moment when you said, it's time to turn my side hustle into a full-time business? I'll say about a year and a half ago, I was at a point where I was doing more events and my day job was cutting into the time I had to meet with clients because I figured it out. I knew how to make clients successful. I knew how to make the business itself successful and we were profitable. And I started being around other entrepreneurs and they gave me the confidence I needed as an entrepreneur to say that this is something that I could do. So it didn't start with me being around them from day one. It started with me spending time with them and learning from them and experiencing what they do every single day and taking nuggets and saying, you know, I can step away. So as I started to get busier and busier, I then said, I think I need to make a decision. So I made the decision to step away. And I kind of held on because I went back and took projects here and there. I finally stepped away 100% at the end of last year. And it's been a phenomenal ride since then. The biggest factor to that success, I have to say, is staying connected to other entrepreneurs because discipline is extremely hard, especially if it's not something that you're just born with, that entrepreneurial mindset and that sense of hustle. We'll be right back after a quick break. Side Hustle to Small Business is brought to you by Hiscox Insurance. Hiscox, the business insurance experts who tailor intelligent insurance solutions to fit each business's very specific needs. Get a quote or purchase a policy at Hiscox.com. Hiscox, encourage courage. Welcome back. When we pick up with Tawana, we talk about marketing, lessons learned, and we learn more about how she has become an advocate for diversity in the auction industry. You talked about marketing earlier. I would think a lot of opportunities that come your way are based on connections. Someone you know, knows someone who's looking for a fundraising auctioneer, and you get a phone call. How do you go about marketing your services, and and what has worked well for you? One of the major successes as of recent has been incentivizing my current clients. And so incentivizing them to give referrals because there's always someone in your audience who attends an event that says, hey, I'm doing an auction. I need an auctioneer also. And they may reach out, but there's no sense of urgency for my current client to follow up with them. And so giving them an incentive to say, hey, if I do end up signing a contract based on your event, I'll give you a discount for the next year. Nonprofits all have the same thing. They all want to save money. And 
they're helping my business grow. So the least I can do is help them out too. So I help them that way. And word of mouth has been very strong, but I will tell you my other piece has been social media because I've looked at doing traditional marketing, you know, with ads and so forth, but I feel like my industry is so personal. It's not something where an ad would come in. It's something where we truly have to cultivate a relationship. I've taken another angle with also doing workshops, which has been very successful because we end up getting a few clients every single time we have a workshop. But where we go and we get to spend an hour and a half or two hours with a group and dig in to what it takes to make their fundraising event successful. And it doesn't always mean it's an auction, but it does mean that they see that we have the acumen to help them understand how to raise more money, auction or not. And that type of advertising right there in front of them, inviting them in to have an experience of education has been extremely beneficial to what we've been doing. Are there any lessons you've learned along the way that may help others? And as you talk about your story, I'm thinking about those entrepreneurs out there who are trying to break into an industry that they've never worked in before. Don't quit. That's the biggest thing. Do not quit. In the auction industry, there are not a lot of women and there are not a lot of people of color. And sometimes it can feel very siloed and you can feel lonely because you don't have that person that you feel like you can automatically relate to. And so I would say one, be encouraged and remember your why. If you're doing this because it's your passion, it's your heart, stay with it, stick with it, and it will pay off. Then to get as much education as you can. And that education doesn't have to come in the form of a traditional college. It can be some research online. It could be finding those people and just taking the step to say, let's go to lunch and just sit down and have a conversation. Again, that was a big difference maker for me, seeing people actually doing the work and having the time to talk to them. And if I travel, I'd find someone in that area and do the same with them. But ask the questions, look for associations, Very early on, I did not say no to anything. I said yes to almost everything that would give me an opportunity to learn and have an experience to better myself. I was doing some research on your website and I saw that you're the first and only African-American woman in the U.S. to earn the designation of Benefit Auctioneer Specialist. On that note, is there anything you're doing to help bring diversity into the industry? Absolutely. So last year, the NAA and I and a few other people we met, and we have a new task force called the New and Emerging Markets Task Force, and it is specifically to focus on diversity. And the NAA is the National Auctioneers Association. But the National Auctioneers Association is committed to diversity, and it was one of those things that I don't think they realized. They didn't know that they had a a diversity problem because everything looked the same until things began to look different. And when we took it to them, they said, you know what, that's a good point. And we do want to show something different. We went as far as to say, hey, we're going to do a search for auctioneer and let's see what images come up. And they didn't even realize that women didn't even show up. It took about three pages before you saw a woman represented under an auctioneer search in images. And after bringing that to their attention, it was a total game changer. And they decided that they wanted to take this journey with us. And so I found a few other African-American auctioneers. I also have found a Chinese-American auctioneer and some Latino auctioneers also. And we're working together and calling ourselves the unexpected auctioneers because we're definitely not what you think when you hear the word auctioneer. Just educating organizations as a whole 
to understanding that they do have an option now. There is an opportunity to do something different and have your cause be represented in a different way. And we're also working with other auctioneers to show the value of hiring a diverse group because we all want to have that comfort to see someone that we can resonate with. And so it doesn't necessarily mean they have to be the same race or the same ethnicity. However, when you have a Spanish-speaking buyer, for instance, at an auto auction and no one there can relate to them and speak Spanish, that becomes difficult. That's a barrier to success for not just the organization, but that's a barrier to success for the seller of the vehicles and to that buyer and what's their experience going to be like. But we're encouraging them to diversify as a whole and come together to understand we do need people who look different, sound different, and have different life experiences. You've been a real trailblazer in your industry. Have you been able to, with regards to your own company, have you been able to implement some of those practices into what you're doing? Absolutely. So we have a melting pot, if you will, of auctioneers. We work everywhere. And when I say everywhere, we're everywhere, all over the United States. And we diversify our causes. Some of us are high energy. Some of us have tattoos. Some of us have piercings. Some of us are very conservative, but we don't have one particular look or aesthetic. And we're not all women. We are women. We're men. We're LGBTQ. We're Latino. We're Asian American. We're everything. Let's say you're having a conversation with someone who is about to take that leap to turn a side hustle into a full-time business. What would your advice be to that person? When you take that leap, no one else can tell you it's the right time and no one else can tell you it's the wrong time. You have to really sit down and pay attention to what's happening in your business. Are you going to always have matching income? You may not because, for instance, I didn't find myself in a place where my income was matching, but I knew I couldn't grow my income in my side hustle if I did not make it a full-time hustle. So pay attention to your signs and what your business looks like itself. And success will look different as a business owner than it does as an employee of someone else. Where you may need to make $200,000 working for someone else, you may not need that as a business owner. Also, look into getting tax advice. Find a CPA who can tell you how your income does change. Because as an employee, you do have income taxes that you're paying. As a business owner, you're paying taxes, but it's different. And you may find yourself surprisingly able to live off of less as a business owner than you were as an entrepreneur. And secondly, make sure you, again, have the discipline or have a network of people to help you with your discipline. If I didn't have a network of people to hold me accountable and to keep me inspired in times when things got hard, I don't know that I'd still be where I was. But having those people to encourage me and to give new ideas and alternative thoughts to what I have on my own has been a game changer. And whoever those people are, you have to be honest. We all want to say that we're winning, but the truth is we're not winning every day. And so find a place where you can say you're not winning every single day and you can encourage and uplift that person and they can do the same for you when you're having one of those days. You know, from that time when you were a young girl in Berlin and you were watching the wall come down to today, how has being a business owner given you the opportunity to fulfill that mission that you had as a young girl? Specifically as a fundraising auctioneer, I always looked for a way to help people, to help make a change in the world. And I'm like, I'm only one person, but how can I do that? But as a fundraising auctioneer and consultant, I now have the means to do it. 
I'm helping nonprofits who are helping hundreds and thousands sometimes of people in their endeavors to become better, to save lives, to change lives, to make an impact in sometimes animal welfare causes, sometimes in domestic violence situations, sometimes something as simple as making food sustainable, fighting life-threatening diseases. So my childhood dream has come true and I get to live it and do it every single day. Tawana, it's been great having you on the show. Thank you for sharing your story with us. And I also want to thank you and your family for your military service. Thank you, Lou. I appreciate it. And thanks for having me. Like I said, we've all got a talent, but it's just the foundation. You have to learn everything you can about your talent and work hard to develop it to truly realize its full potential. Tawana took the stage at that event because she knew she was a good communicator and she loved public speaking. That's the foundation. But what she turned a natural talent into is a business that is helping to make a difference and change the lives of others. Ralph Waldo Emerson once said, to leave the world a bit better, this is to have succeeded. And that's what small business owners do. They build, they innovate, they change the game, they add value, they create jobs, they drive economic growth, they make a difference, and they leave the world a bit better. That's our show for today. If you've enjoyed listening, please subscribe, rate us, and write a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps new listeners find the show, and we greatly appreciate your support. If you know someone who has a great side hustle to small business story to share, drop us a line at hiscox.com slash side hustle to small business. Side hustle to small business is produced by Hiscox Insurance. I'm Lou Casal. It's time to stop listening and start hustling. This podcast is provided as general information only and is not intended to be business, insurance, or legal advice for any particular person or entity.